about the best of life in Harrogate. This is the Your Harrogate Podcast. Hello, my name is Pete Edgerton from the Working From Home show, weekdays between 10 and 2 in Nairsborough. I do believe that this is my first time of talking to you on one of these podcasts in the new year, and so... Happy New Year. You can listen to us, if you don't already know, via DAB in the car. Go on, give it a try. And you can also get us on this very website, yourharrogate.co.uk. If this is where you're listening to the podcast, we have our free app and you can also get a smart speaker blasting out your favourite songs right across the Harrogate area. Now, in this particular episode of the Your Harrogate podcast, it's all about local football. Very soon, you will hear me chatting to the Harrogate town manager, Simon Weaver, but first of all to the 10th tier of the football pyramid and the Northern Counties East Football League Division 1 to be precise, Harrogate Railway are doing very well and their manager is Mick O'Connell. Mick, since we last spoke, four games played, no defeats in those four. You must be thrilled with how it's going so far. Hi Pete, Um, yes it's... uh... Everything seems to be going okay at the minute. You could pick the bones out and say we have dropped points here and there with, with a couple of draws, but you know, in the great scheme of things, now I think we're unbeaten in 15 games. So yeah, listen, all in all, I think uh, up to this point we're we're pretty pleased, we're pretty satisfied as as to where we are, and uh, it's just a case of uh, trying to keep building on it now and just trying to keep getting better. Transfer window is always the the talk this time of year. Do you guys have any option to to make any changes or or not? You're satisfied with where you're at? Um, we're pretty satisfied. Uh, what we've got, Pete. If I'm, if I'm being brutally honest with you, um, you know we've got quality all over the park. Um, we've still got a couple of lads to come back from injury who haven't really kicked the ball yet this year. So um, hopefully they, we should have them back by sort of end of January. So if we can get them, they, they'll, be just, they'll be like new signings to be honest with you. So um, so yeah, listen, we've got no real uh, ambition to do any sort of business in January at all. We're, we're pretty pleased with what we've got. That must be uh, very good to think that those guys could be back for you, given how um, how intense the fixture list looks right now for February. Yeah, we've got a really tough sort of five, six weeks coming up with, with a lot of games crammed in, coming off the back of, of, of a really tough sort of condensed Christmas period. It's, it's just about sort of um, trying to keep, it, keep everyone ticking over at the minute. You know, we're not doing a great deal of... Uh, of training, it's just sort of tactical work, and um, you know, trying to keep people ticking over, trying to keep people sort of injury free, and just sort of going from from game to game, and um, just trying to keep ticking off games and, and keep uh, picking up points, and trying to keep people off the off the physio table, which is the which is the biggest concern at the minute. How tough is it for for a club like yourself, Mick, when the weather's against you this time of year? You can't necessarily, like you've just already alluded to, you can't really train. Are you quite strict with the players that they have to stick to a certain fitness regime themselves? Any any special diets, or is it very much just lads look after yourself, be sensible, and and we'll see you when we see you kind of thing? Yeah, we we, we try and do something twice a week. So we we train um, on a Tuesday night, and then. On a Thursday night, we, we give them program to do themselves. We, we give them something to do, and then they've obviously got to post the results back to us by nine o'clock on a Thursday night. But it's like you say, it's nothing too strenuous this time of year. We've done most of our, all, all of our physical work, really. It's just about, um, you know, tactical information in terms of, you know, game to game, you know, where weaknesses are in teams, strength, you know, where we can break teams down where teams can hurt us um, so it, it's just stuff like that this time of year um, a lot of analysis work stuff like that sort of on 
on the, the teams that we're going to be playing the following week, stuff like that. But it's, um, yeah, listen, we've got a really good group of lads who, who, who do look after themselves. So we are pretty lucky with the group that we've got. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just about sort of trying to keep ticking over, really. The Dronfield game fell foul to the weather. Is that a good thing, the fact that you've had that extra rest? Or were you a bit done about it, the fact that it could have kept momentum going? Um, obviously, you want to keep momentum going. Um, but, you know, we, we had a really tough game on Saturday. Um, and, I mean, to, to ask people to recover for 24 hours and play again, I think is absolutely ludicrous. And I think the league really need to look into that. Um, you know, to, to ask players at this level to to recover for 24 hours, and that's coming off the back of New Year's Eve, where everyone's up late celebrating. You know, and and alcohol and recovery doesn't go hand in hand. So, to ask people to to not do anything New Year's Eve and go to bed at nine o'clock is unrealistic because you know it's not going to happen. And then to to ask players to, to go again after after 24 hours is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it's it's an injury waiting to happen so it's probably a blessing in disguise the game was called off because we've, we've a lot of tired legs a lot of knocks not niggles after Saturday's game because the pitch was so heavy but you know like I say on the flip side of that you don't want to be um, getting games postponed because it just leads to, to night fixtures in, in February and March and, and it sort of condenses that sort of that little period in February and March even more than it already is so yeah ideally you don't want games called off but um, I think the drum field one with it coming so quick after Saturdays probably uh, probably wasn't a bad thing yeah and like you say massive test for you on Saturday league leaders champion they beat you earlier in the season what has to be different this time around Mick when you go up against them uh, to be fair not a great deal because I believe we were we were 1-0 up when we had our keeper sent off after 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it was we played 75 minutes with no keeper and 10 men and you know against a good side it's, it's physically impossible um, and I thought up until our keeper got sent off we we looked very good in the game we dominated the ball we looked really good going forward we looked quite solid defensively as a unit so you know we just need to go there and be us we need to go and take the game to them we get on the front foot you know we be aggressive we play our, our brand of football but we know, you know, we've done a lot of work last night in terms of how they can hurt us. We know where, where we have to be good defensively without the ball. And, you know, it, it's like I said to the lads last night, these are the games that we all want to play in. So it's uh, it's about obviously giving them enough respect, but on the flip side of that, going there and being, uh, being brave enough to go and win the game. Do you think they can be caught or is it very much a case of you guys, you, you're just focusing on yourselves, maybe cementing that place in the playoffs? Yeah, we're just sort of trying to focus on us, Pete, at the minute. You know, we've got a long way to go still, and um, but they, they, they're a long way clear in terms of, of, of points dif- difference to us. Um, but, you know, nothing's ever impossible. You know, it's, we just have to keep focusing on us, keep focusing on getting better, keep focusing on improving as a team, as a club, um, you, you know, and, and try not to look too far ahead. Sometimes when you look too far ahead, you sort of lose focus on what you're doing in the in the immediate future so it's just sort of game to game at the minute trying to pick up as many points as we can and listen if we if we finish second third and get home time in the playoffs we'll be thrilled to bits with that to be fair Oh yeah it'd be a great result really really good I mean away from um, the playing side of things Mick so far in the season what has pleased you from a club perspective overall? Um, we're growing our numbers are growing in terms of people through the gate you know the infrastructure in the club is constantly growing in terms of we've, we've got a really good structure within the club now in terms of a really strong under-19 team, uh, a really strong reserve team, which is made up of young lads 
So, you know, there's a real sort of influx of young players, young, hungry, talented players within the club at the minute, which is massive for us sort of in the long term. But, you know, the real pleasing thing for me is, is numbers through the gate. And we're always trying to build on that. You know, we're always wanting more numbers through the gate because, you know, clubs at this level rely on gates um, and we need that. Every club at this level is desperate for that. And we're just thankful of the people that, that come and show their support. And generally, people that come and watch us, you know, normally leave with nothing but good comments, good reports. And, you know, they, they generally do come back. So, you know, it's, it's just about getting that sort of person in the gate for the first time and, and most people that do sort of latch on to us and, and have been sort of following us all year so yeah I mean the main thing for me is just getting you know bigger numbers through the gate and bigger numbers through the gate sort of makes us a little bit more sustainable as a football club so yeah that's probably our, our, our biggest win this year really well, we'll keep cheering you on. Here's hoping that a, a fair few uh, get in their cars and follow you to Campion this weekend and, and very best wishes. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Pete. Really appreciate the call. This is the Your Harrogate Podcast. And thank you very much for listening or downloading this podcast. There is plenty of football this weekend of local interest, including Nairsborough women back in action for the first time in the new year. They're off to Bradford United Sunday at two. Also kicking off at the same time on Sunday afternoon, Leeds United are in FA Cup action there at Cardiff City. Before then, though... Harrogate Town have got a tricky game. They're at home for the first time in 2023 against Colchester United. And I've been catching up with the gaffer, Simon Weaver. All about the best of life in Harrogate. This is the Your Harrogate podcast. Simon, four points from nine over the festive period. How satisfied have you been with the performances in those games? Yeah, we've been in every game, haven't we? You know, probably shouldn't have lost the game at Bradford. There's nothing in it. It's a first minute switch off which we have to learn from. but um, And I also thought we were creating more of chances than Harlepool did, so probably should have won that. But overall, it's not a bad return. So we've been very, very competitive in every game. Now we have to try and go on another decent run to keep building up the points tally and move away from the bottom area. I know the different ones have been suffering with this flu slash sickness virus that's been doing the rounds. How is everybody in the squad at the minute? Yeah, well, it has been troublesome Christmas and New Year for that. You know, we've just uh, been without a couple of players today. That It's been passing right through the squad and we've been without Jaheim Headley and Sam following today. Yeah, hopefully there's no further bounce of it over the next couple of days in the lead up to the Colchester game. But uh, yeah, it, it's been an awful bug because it's not people off the feet. You know, Dior Angus returned today said that he's never known to Mike. You know, he's bedridden. So, you know, when you're playing professionally in, in football, you get around the pitch about 10, 11 kilometres, you know, and it's stop-start sprints and it's full exertion and you need to be fit for it. At what point does a player get to say to you, no, Gaffer, I'm all right, I want to play on, I want to play through it? Because Pete Jameson did, didn't he? And mm. where do you step in and go, no, hang on a minute, you're not fit, stay away, because obviously it runs a risk of spreading it to uh, to other players. Well, all we can do from our point of view as staff is communicate the message to the players that they take responsibility, see the big picture and don't come in, you know, and that includes all members of the staff as well. If there's a persistent cough, which there has been with, with a few people who have had to be quite strong with it and say, no, no, don't just think about your own position because you know how much you want to keep your spot and, and your, your position in the team and you, you, they're all hungry people who want to be involved. The big picture is not spreading the illness. And so it's hard, isn't it? You know, because I can see everyone's desire to play well, 
stay in there, but um, everyone's got to strike the right balance. Absolutely. Happier things for, for Josh Falkingham, your captain, becoming a, a dad again before Christmas. I'm assuming mm. that as footballers, it's not like any other job where you get a set time off for paternity. He he just he comes in as normal, does he, and just plays on? Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the day after he fitted well, um, they could have a day off. And, and to answer, you know, he asked me if he, uh, we wanted him to go up to Hartlepool. And we said no, you know, because he, he was suffering from a, a hamstring strain, but he had a bit of a tweak. So he had, that's why he came off after 20 minutes in the Bradford game, which he was disappointed at that. But I said, no, I know you want to support the players, but you spent some quality time, you know, at home with you newborn child and, and stay at home as a family and it's an opportunity to do that so he did just that and uh, but it's not as easy as other professions is it you know um, in this case uh, in terms of time off especially this part of the season definitely yeah but uh, very best wishes to Josh and his his family too um, so I mean with regards to injuries in the squad is it, is it looking a little bit brighter now or have, or, or have you got to dip into the transfer market to bring some fresh legs in yeah, well, I think we'll have a, a strong team out, strong squad out at the weekend. We're building up towards that proper strong squad of where we know we can be because of still people recovering from this illness and and um, in, coming back from injuries. Will Smith is joining in training, but not not up to being able to put tackles in, slide tackles and proper headers in. It's it, gently, gently at the minute. But Dior Angus recovered from his injury and got ill, so he had a setback with that. But more and more, uh, more and more cases like Rory McArdle have full-on training and, and back to it, which is great. Joe Matic had a, a, an injection, caused an injection, which he needs every so often in his um, in his heel. Um, so he'll be out next few days. But yeah, it's one set of problems after another. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you, you, you must sit there sometimes and obviously you throw into the mix a flu bug like this and think, crikey, what, what have I done? What's, why, why all of this? Well, it, you know, that's why we don't want to have to put 27 players into a squad because they only play 11, you know, start 11, and, and it can breed discontent when people aren't given a go when everybody's fit. But how many times do we have a fully fit squad? You know, few and far between. And many times a season we've had 8, 9, 10, 11 people out. And so thank goodness we have been able to have the opportunity to have a bigger squad this year. Colchester at the wrong end of the table. No disrespect to them, mm. but given their, their lack of goals on the road, do you look at this match coming up this weekend and think, right, we can go for the jugular. This is a great opportunity to get three points and, and move up a little bit. Well, really looking forward to the game. It's historically a, a difficult game against Colchester and we need the crowd with us. We need to make sure that you know we start on the front foot and make those headers and tackles early because it is a physical battle, undoubtedly, against Colchester. It can drain you if you don't excite the crowd and and then start the ball rolling. And you know, in terms of the the vocal support and players avoid by that and lifted and and then you, we want to set high tempo. So what we've been doing in training, high tempo, small sided games, real intense possession exercises. So we play at a pace and to get the crowd going, to get our emotions going. That's the way to break them down. You know, there would be five at the back. There'll be three huge centre halves and, and more to come on. So we don't want to just be in a physical battle that we have to compete. Well, good luck. Here's, uh, here's wishing the ones who are struck down with this illness all the very best for a, uh, a quick improvement and um, good luck uh, for the three points on Saturday. Thanks a lot, Peter. Yeah, appreciate that. Thank you. 